We are back with Minky Monsters. It is game week. I'm Taylor Dahl. That's Dylan Ryan. And we are pumped because uh, this is our last episode before, before the final regular season game, which I feel like we've just been um, counting down days because there's been a bit of drama in the bear world throughout camp, but we made it through it all. I'm I'm shocked we made it through. Every <laughs> single year, did. it seems like the wait just gets longer and longer and longer. Yeah. And like, even though there is stuff with the Bears that's like, you know, it's not going to be the best season, mm. probably, but we're still excited about it. There's still a lot of fun things to get excited about. And like the point of this podcast specifically is, mm. you know, look at the young guys, see how yeah. they progress and get excited about it. So yeah. we're going to get excited, even though there's going to be some stuff that we're not going to be very excited about. Exactly. And to your point, the when we talk about the young guys, um, that is the gist because we're saying we're making monsters and we're not saying that we have a team of monsters right now, but we do fully, I think for my, in my opinion, and I know certain aspects for you, we, you do think there are people on this team that will are franchise players that are going to be on the bears, making a big difference in years to come. Yeah. And I mean like the roster right now is not what we want it to be, but I think it's pretty clear from the little we've seen that there are some foundational pieces to build upon and it's not like we're starting from nothing. Yeah. So it could be worse. At this point, offensively, seven of the starting 11, when you look at the Bears' depth chart, seven of the starting 11 are first contract guys right now. That's a lot of an offense. And that's still a question because they, I think I need to look at the other offense. Hold on. Because, not the other offense, the other depth chart. Because I've noticed that some have different things. And I want to look at the Bears' official one. Because I, what I was seeing on Twitter that, there were some arguments of people because they had Equinemius actually listed as the wide receiver number two. Mm-hmm. And people were kind of confused by that. But, Dylan, we saw today with an injury report coming out for the Bears, only two players on there, which I'm very shocked because I feel like we've had a ton of injuries this last month. But the two on there were Valus and who was the other? DeMar- I think Dominique Robinson okay. was the other one. Dominique yeah. Mar- so that's only two guys. But I feel like that may explain why Equinemius is in that spot because if Valus is injured and not expected to be there. It'd make a little sense. Yeah, and also, Pringle hasn't practiced. Yeah, I was going to say, Pringle hasn't really had much experience at all with this team so far, other than, like, you know, a little bit of training camp at the beginning. So it wouldn't shock me if they, you know, didn't use him as much yeah. coming up against the 49ers. Yeah, so I'm looking at the official, the Bears one on their site, which doesn't always technically mean that it's exactly what's happening. Um, but they do have Equinemius as the number two. So they have Darnell um, and Equinemius as the one and two. And then they have um, Larry Borum. As the right, ta- the starting right tackle though, Tevin Jenkins, Lucas Patrick, which we Lucas Patrick is another guy that is not on the injury report, but um, he does still have a cast on his hand, I believe. So yeah. they're worried about his snap, the being able to snap, obviously. So I think that we may see Mustafer this week, and Lucas Patrick will be behind yeah, the backup at left guard until he's 100% to be able to snap the ball because he also hasn't snapped it one time to Justin this offseason. So the last thing you want is to throw. Lucas Patrick into a game against the 49ers when Justin's definitely going to be rushed a little bit to get the ball out of his hands. Um, and a guy that's never t- snapped him the ball this yeah. season, at least. You don't want to see those fumbled snaps. And like that's something that's always really frustrating for a young team. I mean, any team really, but a young team especially because it's such a small thing that's like, it's easy, but like if you mess it up, it can be a huge problem. So yes. I don't mind at all him sitting out this week. Same. Um, all right. Well, so our first episode, Dylan, we had. Are five players that we were intrigued by uh, this season. And that could have meant many things. It could have meant we were expecting them to win a position battle or we were expecting them to at least really make a certain position battle um, interesting. Or we wanted somebody to take a massive leap up. Or we just didn't know much about the person and they were getting a second chance here in Chicago and we were intrigued at how they do. Um, two of my guys are no longer here um well one is gone Kyrie Tonga is in Atlanta and then we have uh, my other one that I did not that is not on the team anymore is Thomas Graham but I b- do believe he's back on the practice he's, he's squad. half there half he's there. been jarts back and forth this poor kid's been like cut and back on the practice squad and on the starting roster and cut again and then back on the practice squad um so I haven't completely lost him yet we may see him back we saw him jump into the season last year but I feel like if we are seeing that it means somebody's not performing or someone got hurt so I guess I don't really want to see that um but for you it was just Nikhil Harry who obviously is on IR and he's not seasoned though right uh, no, I think the initial thing was like, I remember seeing like six to eight weeks initially when it happened. Okay. So he'll be back probably like, if I had to guess, like a month into the season. Because they intentionally did not. If you do it, obviously, before um, the specific day, they 
I don't remember the exact day that it, the date that it was this year, but if you did it before that day, it's a season long, season long IR. So I think they intentionally kept Nikhil Harry on the team so they didn't have to make that decision to not have him all year long. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, the majority of our guys are that we picked for those five players that are intriguing to us have made the roster are starting on the roster and have already made impressions during the preseason. Um, Specifically, obviously, I had Cole Komet um, and Tevin Jenkins. Tevin Jenkins, we went through a little bit of roller coaster, but he right now is starting on the offensive line. Um, You were expecting him to not even be here. So to me, that's a a massive surprise for us to see a guy who looked like he may not even be on the Bears to now starting um, at right guard, actually. So it it was a change, but he's there. But and then for you, you had I think it was David Montgomery. Uh, David Montgomery. I had Travis Gibson. I had oh, I'm totally blanking on who else I had. Uh, Larry Borum, I think. Yeah. Um, I had. Did you have Montgomery on yours? Uh, yes, we said Montgomery. Yeah. I had Jaquan Brisker, and yes. there's one more person who I. Oh, it was Nikhil Harry. So there, yeah, there's my five. So, so yeah. yeah, and Jaquan, obviously, we've seen a lot out of him. Also, David... not on the injury report, which is something to notice because that he's coming exciting. back from the surgery. <laughs> so. Yes, yeah, because we were saying it was his finger. So a lot of people were saying, like, as long as he's feeling all right, you should expect him out there. He's not going to be able to probably catch the interceptions, but he'll still be able to bat balls and make tackles, and that's what we need him out here for right now. Mm-hmm. Let Eddie get some picks. We'll let him handle a little. There you go. Out. It's it's Eddie's. Uh, Eddie needs a, a little bit of a chance this season. So when we look at it, you did mention Travis and Travis. They actually have in the backup spot behind Muhammad on the defensive inside. So uh, we'll see him because he's obviously behind that. And from what we've heard about Flus's defense, is there's going to be rotational guys. Mm-hmm. So we should expect to still see Travis. And those two guys are guys we compared from day one, saying like. Hey, they had very similar numbers last season, but one of them played a full season and one of them only played seven games. So it'll be really interesting to see the numbers we get out of those two guys, um, especially if they're kind of splitting that time at the position. Yeah. But anyway, so for this episode, we made another list, but this list is a top three and it's a top three of guys that we think are going to make the most impact this week against the 49ers. Um, so go ahead, give me your number one. I mean, like, number one is, it's pretty obvious. I think it's number one in every Bears fan out there. And if it's not, you're crazy. Mm-hmm. Justin Fields. There I mean, he is, he is the franchise right now. He is mm-hmm. our most important piece. And I am so excited to see him develop and see what he's going to do this week. Last year, it didn't go great. And it, I'm definitely, I'm definitely not at the point where I'm just like, oh my God, he had a terrible rookie year. I mm-hmm. feel terrible about this pick. Not even close. There's to that. a lot of things you could forgive him yes, for. There's mm-hmm. a lot. And like, it was a hard situation to be in with the coaching staff and the front office and all that drama. Offensive line. The <laughs> offensive line was pretty much not there, you yeah. know, and it was just, it was tough. It was a really tough situation to be in. And he's not going into a significantly better one this year with the, at least the roster construction. But I still do think we're going to see a big leap from him in terms of production and like, getting out there in the NFL and actually seeing uh, NFL defenses for maybe not entirely a full season he started, but like enough of a season to where he can feel used to it. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a lot more comfortable. I think he's art. I've heard a lot of good things out of camp and like the front office sounds like they're pretty sold on him right now, at least as is him being the guy. And they're not really like looking for other options for a guy that they could bring in themselves. Mm-hmm. So I am really intrigued by him and I'm also really excited. Yeah, I agree. And I think that it was funny. I saw something yesterday because, you know, you'll see the betting odds at this time of year all the time of like, who's going to be the last team to win this season? Who's going to be the the uh, last quarterback to throw a touchdown? Like they have stats for everything when you go onto these betting sites. And one of them was the first quarterback to be benched this season. And, uh, I can't remember the number one right now, but it was obvious ones. Like Geno Smith, I Carson think, was Wentz, in there. Carson like Wentz, I think, was up there. Yeah. Um, Baker, Mitchell Trubisky was number one, um, which I do not think he's going to be benched first. But <laughs> Good old Mitch. Um, I, I think that he has too many weapons and things going right for him in, Steeler, in Pittsburgh that he'll be able to last a little longer. But Justin was on this list, and it was a list of like 10, got, 10 11, 12 guys, and Justin was on this. I was like, who are we benching Justin for? Trevor Simeon? I mean, maybe Nathan Peterman, you know, breaks <laughs> out on like, the practice squad. There's, if we are benching Justin Fields, something has gone terribly, terribly, terribly wrong, and we should, unless it's injury-related, yeah, I mean, obviously. Like, I, but, the, only, the only situation I could see it happening is just where, like, they're just getting their doors blown off, and, like, yeah, he's having a like, terrible don't get game, him hurt right now. and at this point, it's just like, what's the point of keeping him out there? But, like... I cannot envision any way to where Justin Fields, if not if completely healthy, is not playing for multiple weeks in a row for the Bears. Like I that agree. would shock me to no end. Like, yeah. and I, honestly, I think it'd be an idiotic decision. Like he would have to. Be, I mean, like the only way I wouldn't think it was an idiotic decision if he was just 
awful. Yeah. And, like, I just don't think he's going to be awful. No. So, like, I'd be shocked if at any point we're starting Trevor Simeon over Justin Fields. Uh, yeah. Come just, on. Like, that's what I saw, and I laughed. I was like, this is just where the national media's head is right now, honestly. Yeah. There's no confidence in the Bears, which I think a lot of Bears fans don't even have much confidence. But then there are the ones that really believe that there's pieces in this roster that can make things happen to at least, like, be competitive. Yeah. Um, not maybe win the games, but be competitive. Yeah. So I mean, a lot of people have picked the Bears to be, like, the worst team the worst. in the NFL. And, like, yeah. don't get me wrong. Like, I don't think we're great. But, like, I don't think we're the worst. No. Like, did you see Seattle? I don't think we're worse than Seattle. I don't yeah. think we're worse than Atlanta. I don't think we're – I think we're better than the Panthers, to be honest with you. I think yeah. we'll be better than the Browns because I think – I, I don't believe that they've with Deshaun Watson not being back until week 13 or whatever it is. I think they're going to struggle big time and they'll go back into their Browns ways for yeah. a little while. Because even I, with Baker, who was a all right quarterback, they weren't winning. Yeah. And so. like, I don't know. The Browns, I don't, I don't know if I fully agree with you on that one. I do think that they have a really good roster mm-hmm. uh, outside of the quarterback situation, obviously, right now. But um, they've had it. They had yeah. Odell Beckman and Kareem oh, yeah, Hunt. Yeah. And, like, it, they had everything. They've, and been they the kings. Still... they've been the kings of yeah. winning on paper. Yeah. You know, they've won on paper several years in a row. But they yeah. actually have to win now. But I, the other teams, though, I totally agree with you with. And the Bears. Like, Texans. Like, it wouldn't shock me if they were bad. But, like, yeah. it also, Do you like, think they're better than the Jags being here? Like, obviously, we're <sighs> close to the Jags. That is a tough call. I think the Jags are better now. Mm-hmm. But I think they're better now because they spent so much money. Yeah. You know, like they got guys like Christian Kirk and Brandon Sheriff and all mm-hmm. the other guys this offseason. Like, I think the Jags right now is a good idea of what the Bears are going to be like next year, where we're going to have all this cap space and all of our yeah. picks and all of our ability you know, to actually make moves. So yeah. I personally I, hope we spend it better, though, yeah, because I'm I, not, I think Christian Kirk is all right. Yeah. I think that we have weapons on the Bears that are better than Christian Kirk. Evan Ingram drops passes all the time. I don't believe in Evan Ingram. I think the one thing I'm jealous of is Brandon Sheriff because he is an all-pro at his position. Um, he's a veteran guy that can make, you know, really make a move. But at some point, I think the Bears are at that point where they, they're tired of signing those, like, veteran guys that they'll have a year or two, and they'll be good for just a couple years. They want guys that they're building their roster with now. Yeah. Um, which, yes, so I agree. Justin Fields, we kind of got on a tangent there. But Justin Fields definitely is probably – the most important thing this weekend and for the year to me personally. This season is highly depending on how much of a step Justin Fields takes. Yeah, I just don't want to hate watching us on offense. Yeah. You know, like I'll I'll take, you know, some good, some bad. But like there was such a point over the last couple of years where like we would just go from, de- I mean, especially when the defense was awesome. Mm-hmm. Like we go from defense to offense and it's just like, what am I watching yeah. right now? Like, we'd I, see, it's like, like three Hicks yards dying on the sideline because he was just out there for like 15 minutes. Yeah, straight. like insane. So, like, as long as we see, like, you know, like, obviously, I do think there are going to be some struggles. Like, we're a new system, new coaching, not the best roster in the world. But, like, I just want to see, like, a couple drives where, like, mm-hmm. things look competent. And I'm just like, hey, like, maybe this could be something going forward. I agree. So, my first one is going to be Cole Komet. I think that Cole Komet is going to be a big piece of this offense all season but this weekend I'm really expecting a big game and hoping for a good game out of Cole Komet I think that um Darnell Mooney I believe in I I know others don't Dan Orlovsky other people say he's not even a number two I truly think Darnell Mooney has the ability to be a number one wide receiver he may not be that like big huge perimeter 50-50 catch type of guy but also we see him make those catches so you can't say he can't do it because he does it um he's fast he he had some I think he had four drops last season and that was a lot of the people's complaints but it's like that there was just so many wrong things going on last season I do not expect that out of Darnell Mooney again um but when we look across from that that's where that we have question marks we don't quite know like I said on the depth chart it has equinemius as that number two and I think that's uh, largely in part of Bayless is on the the injury report, but also Pringle hasn't practiced. We yeah. haven't seen Pringle at all this month. So I think that for them, they're kind of like, all right. And they've seen great things out of Equinemius in practice. We just, I feel like we haven't because we haven't, he, there was nothing crazy in the game that you saw out of him. There was a couple catches that you're like, okay, like, yeah. good job, but that's it. Um, but I do think Equinemius is a big guy. So who knows? This may be that spark that maybe in game, they're calling some things and Equinemius gets gets open and things happen. But because I don't think we have a solid number two right now that has like proven themselves and ha- that will have that connection with Justin yet, Cole Komet's going to be that, I think. And just as the 49ers use George Kittle, 
you see a lot of Debo, and they obviously they have Ayuk and like uh, some other weapons like that, but it's a lot of George Kittle. Yeah. And uh, and I think that the Bears are going to be similar. Um, the 49ers are potentially down George Kittle though this weekend, which Love would to hear be it. yeah, would, that would be very good, honestly, very good. Um, that is just such a big piece of their offense, and when he's not here, it is a little easier to contain. Um, George Kittle has injury issues, so it's not like they. They kind of they know how to scheme without him also because yeah. he does miss a lot of time. Yeah, I but, think I, I was seeing that it was like I saw a groin initially, and then I also saw like hamstring a couple other places. I think it is a groin though, but like those like muscle muscle issues, yeah, linger. They linger, and mm-hmm. like they're tough to get over. And like the kind of only way you can get better is just yell at rest. Yeah. So like it's hard to play through those things, especially if you don't want it to linger onto the season. Especially yeah. considering the 49ers are going to be contenders this year. At least they hope to be. Yeah. I would be very surprised if they rush Kittle out to this game. I agree because they're not going to be panicking after a week one, and especially because they think the Bears are so bad. Everybody thinks the Bears are so bad. They're probably like, well, we can do this without George Kittle. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I think that in that same light, Cole Komet is a very, very important piece of this offense. And we already have seen the connection with him and Justin from last year, and I've heard it's grown even more this season, and people are really expecting him to be that red zone guy, guy, down the field guy, even short passes up the middle, Debo-ish type play type guy. Um, So I just think Cole Komet is my easy number one. Yeah, I think something else to mention is, like, you mentioned all the other guys in the wide receiver room. Um, But other than Darnell Mooney and – uh, Cole Komet, Justin has pretty much no familiarity with any of these guys yeah. prior to the season. So, like, the fact that they already have established relationships is, like, I think going to be a big part of him getting the ball a lot more. And, like, it just seems like they're getting along really well. Like, they mm-hmm. posted that video over the weekend the Bears did yeah. of them. having uh, a little fun together about their prediction about the, for the Notre Dame, Ohio, the Notre Dame State. Ohio State yeah. thing. And, like, I don't know, it seems like Darnell and Justin have a good relationship. It seems like they have a good relationship. And, like, I'm expecting big things from Cole. Some touchdowns would be nice. So. I, yes, I I need more, way more touchdowns. Yes. I th- what was it two last year? Uh, if that, it was not good. zero or two. It was, it For was, some reason, was, those numbers I, are in my I head. Feel I feel like I it was zero, honestly, but like it could have been like one or two. I want to say it was two, and yeah. but we need like ten, eleven. Yeah, I completely agree with you. <laughs> um, all right, number two for you. Uh, number two for me, it's going to be uh, David Montgomery, my right. Cyclone brethren. Um, he is someone that is. I think he's had a very solid NFL career thus far. Not a great one yet, yeah. but I do think he has the potential to be great. I love the way he runs the ball. Mm-hmm. He's kind of not the biggest guy in the world, but he can stay low to the ground. He manages to break so many tackles. It yeah. blows my mind. Um, and not to mention, this is going to be a run-heavy offense. Oh, yeah. And there have been a lot of people saying, like, oh, like, uh, the fantasy people in particular, just like, don't draft David Montgomery. He's going to split carries with Khalil Herbert, yada, yada, yada. And I just like, can't see that happening. I don't personally. see it happening either. Like, don't get me wrong. I like Khalil Herbert a lot, but I do think he's a lot more valuable as like a third down back. Same. You know, like come in those long yard situations, like get him out there. He's a solid receiver. He's fast. And he just can't block either. And like David Montgomery's hardly yeah, like. Which we saw that. Yeah, we saw that statistic come out yeah. after that I, I, preseason game two or three. And I was like, like 40% blocking rate, 40% blocking rate or whatever, and Montgomery's is like an 80 when he's yeah. in. And, like, I don't blame Herbert. I mean, you can to a certain extent, but, like, he's just not that big of a guy, yeah. you know? And, like, when you got a 6'5 defensive end coming off the end, like, yeah. what are you supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's only so much you can do. And, yeah. like, obviously, like, yeah, just get in front of the guy, give Justin an extra second if you can, but, like, I do think Montgomery's going to be the guy where, like, he's going to be getting bulk of the carries. And I do think as he established himself more and more with his coaching staff, they're going to trust him more and more, and we'll see more and more from him. So, Yeah, and I think he's one of the guys that made that top 100. And I get a lot of people don't don't take a whole lot out of that, but it is player voted. Yeah. So to me, when a player, granted, Mac Jones landed up on there somehow. We don't need to talk about that. But um, <laughs> players are voting David Montgomery because players who have faced David Montgomery are saying – He's good. He's that dude. He's hard to him. tackle. Yeah. He's hard. Like, you know, he's that guy. And I can't, I don't know the exact number, but I I know many times last season, and unfortunately he got injured at a certain point. But there was a lot of times where you thought Montgomery was down and he'd get an extra five, six, seven yards. And that's the kind of guy that you want out there, especially when you are – when it's more of like that trenches type of battle, which you can expect at certain games because mm-hmm. the, there are games that we're playing this year, and 49ers is one of them. They have a really good defensive front. Packers have a really good defensive front. These teams are going to be battling up in the up in that area, and especially being able to count on David, being able to count on which we just mentioned, Cole Komet, Darnell Mooney, and Justin's legs. That just opens opportunities like crazy. Yeah, I mean, it can give Luke Etsy a chance to do a lot of different cool stuff, and like not to mention, like he used to have a guy like Aaron Rodgers, like adding a guy like Justin Fields with the running ability, like mm-hmm. that opens up more things for. Uh... David Montgomery that yeah. he, did, he didn't have previously in his old system with Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers can run, but like, yeah. he's not. He's more of a scramble to get a first down when there's no one no in his way. Yeah, Justin yeah. is a pure runner and yeah. a pure athlete. And like 
having that threat at quarterback makes things easier for Montgomery. And uh, Aaron Rodgers also is just one. He's like a bully quarterback because he was those guys that were specifically the guy. one. Yeah, just a the, the one game. I think it was the second game last season, or no, it was the first one when he said, "I own you." Or was it the second one? I it was remember. something like that. It was, but he. I don't want to talk about. It that. was so annoying because he literally. It was like everyone swarming him, and he's like a, about to get sacked. But then you could tell they kind of panicked, so they all dropped back, and you could tell they were trying to figure out like, is he going to pass or is he going to run? But then away. the moment yeah. you cut, they started rushing him. It was just he he ran for like fifty yards, and I was for a touchdown. I was like, "This is so annoying." But yes, that's what Aaron Rodgers does. Justin Fields and Luke Getzky can literally scheme. Yeah, you can these design. Things. You don't design runs for Aaron Rodgers. You design runs for Justin Fields, exactly. and like that is an element of having like you have a two. I mean, Justin is he's a quarterback, but when you have him back there, it's essentially like having two running backs, yep. and it gives David a lot more opportunity. And the versatility of David too, because when you look at his numbers from. In 2020, he had 1,070. He started 14 games, um, 1,070 rushing yards with eight rushing touchdowns. But in addition to that, he had 438 receiving yards and two touchdowns. Last season, only play, only started in 13, had 849 rushing yards with seven touchdowns and then another 301 receiving yards did not have a receiving touchdown though but we know the issues in the red zone last year were bled through the entire team. yeah and like something else to look at is like for that stat line for like he only played 13 games like that could be a solid stat line for yeah. like an 18 game or 17 games rather. imagine for, playing four more games like yeah. you were at 850 you could have gotten to 1200 yards Easy. you know like that's not out of the question by yeah. any means so and the year before 14 so 50 he still missed three games and had 1070 yeah and had 1400 total given scrimmage. health given health i'd be shocked if he doesn't clips a thousand yards this year agreed so my number two is going to be braxton jones Braxian. and i um i'm star really of camp i'm i know man this kid like we we came in and we were like all right a little we're worried about this offensive line obviously Everyone was screaming, Ryan Poles did nothing for the offensive line. He did nothing to help Justin Fields. And then here we are, the guy he drafted in the fifth round yeah. is starting at left tackle and beat out the veteran left tackle that he brought in during summertime. Yeah, I mean, it's, he's, he has only exceeded expectations since getting to Chicago. And I do think that there is a little bit of he was initially that fifth rounder, but there has been so much hype up to him to this point where he does have a lot more expectation than any other fifth rounder would. For sure. And I think that kind of... There's a little bit of fear that they could Especially because people are expecting this line to be the worst, yeah. if not one of the worst And the not to mention, I think I saw Justin was talking to the media. I think it was today or yesterday. I don't remember the exact day it was. Um, but he was saying, like, hey, like, Braxton Jones, like, he's been awesome in camp and everything. But he's like, don't expect him to beat Nick Bosa every single time they line up together. Because, yeah. like, Nick Bosa's a stud. Which is realistic. Yeah. Like, not like, many people are going to beat Nick Bosa every time. That's yeah. just the bottom line. So, like, as long as, like, he looks not... It looks like he belongs. As long mm -hmm. as he looks like he fits out there and, like, you know, if there's a sack, a sack, it's whatever. The penalties are the thing that would bother me more, I think, because that's just so, like, coachable, you yeah. know, really. Especially the pre-snap penalties. Yeah. Those are the things that I'll get frustrated on. If, yeah. If we see Bosa get by Braxton a time or two, I'm going to say, okay, this kid's a rookie in the NFL. He's going against one of the best at their jobs in Nick Bosa. And... It, it, number one could be a little intimidating, but number two, it, it's just it's your first game. You're getting you're going against everything the best, all of the best players in the NFL, the fastest of speeds. The game we hear constantly, players talk about game time, and we have guys that come into ten ten all the time, and they talk about how real that is. Like Leon Searcy, all pro, right tackle. Tony Baselli, all pro left tackle, Hall, Hall of Famer. Yeah. Both of them constantly reiterate how much different that speed is when you go from college to the NFL. And they said, you 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 may think you have it in practice during that first camp, but you don't until you get into that first NFL game when things hit you and they'll hit you hard. Yeah, not so to it'll be a real test for him. Yeah, not to mention the fact that like this is instantly the hardest game of his entire life. Yeah. Yes, he's already played three preseason games, but like most of those guys playing were not actual NFL starters. Yeah. So like. Without a doubt, he's getting thrown way into the deep end against mm -hmm. one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. So, and like, one of the best defenses. Yeah, and so like if it doesn't go perfectly, that's fine with yeah. me. As Let's long as it doesn't out. go terribly, yeah. that's all I care about. If we're seeing him hold his own against Bosa at certain times and we're seeing like Justin have a little bit of time to throw the ball, we have to take that as an, a, a success. I just but want I do see think, some clean pockets. Yes, and I, I think that for this, the reason I chose Braxton is because obviously that, that blind side, that left tackle is important. You want to give Justin... 
um, a pocket. You you really do. And I feel like last year we barely saw that at all. But the times you did see it, magic happened. Yeah. So that is why he is my number two. So what's your number three? My number three is uh, one of the other stars of uh, the preseason, Jaquan Brisker. Yes. Jaquan has, he had that game against Seattle where he kind of lit everything up and was awesome and then got a surgery like, pretty much right after. Mm-hmm. So we haven't seen him for like, what, like two, three weeks at this yeah. point? Um, he is someone that I think is really going to be a great piece for the Bears going forward. We've mentioned it quite a bit so far, but I think he's going to help Eddie Jackson a lot. Um, Eddie hasn't really been Eddie since Adrian Amos left, and yeah. that strong safety has just been a revolving door of guys like Haha Clinton Dix, Deshaun yeah. Gibson, um, Duke, or was it uh, Duke Shelley? Sure, I think was yeah. even back there a little bit. Like it's just been not a solid position for the Bears for a couple seasons now, yeah. and it feels like we actually have a guy who's not only going to be a solid contributor there, but a good contributor there. Yeah. And I think he could be a guy that could. Be like second in the team in tackles behind a guy like Roquan Smith, who For is sure. arguably the best or one of the best linebackers in the NFL. Yeah. So, like, if he can be competent and competitive, which I expect him to be, I think he's not only going to be help the help himself, but help mm. the Bears defense as a whole. And I think one of the important things that the Bears need uh, are turnovers. Last year, we hardly saw any turnovers helping us. <laughs> we I turned the ball over a lot. Yeah, but defensively, secondary wise, we did not see. Th- the, the balls, we we saw glimpses of, you know, batted balls and close interceptions and stuff like that. But that's what made the 2018 defense just so vicious. You'd be surprised because, they didn't get a turnover. Yeah. yeah. If they did not during a game, you were like, okay, that sucked. Because yeah, like, we were, you, you just counted on it. Yeah. And I think that for Jaquan, um, th- there's a strong possibility that he could be that guy. We talked about the injury and him maybe not this game because he's not 100% and may still. I don't know if he has for sure a, a cast or like anything on his hand but he had surgery not long ago so i wouldn't be surprised if he isn't completely able to be able to like wrap his hands around a ball oh yeah i mean i'm not saying picks but yeah yeah he can still create some chaos with that but one of the numbers i honestly saw with that was that the niners actually had were right there with the bears with fewest interceptions last year the bears um only had eight interceptions all season last year and the niners only had nine so that could be a positive for the Bears in the light of hopefully it, that turnover battle is not greatly skewed towards the Niners. Yeah. And Jaquan helps that go the other way. Yeah, the Niners are definitely more known for the front of their defense. You got guys yeah. like Fred Warner, you got uh, Dick Bosa, a whole, Eric Armstead, just a whole lot of talent up there. When you get to the back end, not as good. And then Jimmy Ward also mm-hmm. is going to be missing this game as well. So, like, that's just another piece of uh, the 40. I mean, he was a top 100 player as well. So, like, that piece not being back there oh, makes a bad secondary even worse. Yes. Um, all right, so my next one is kind of related to yours, as in in the secondary, and mine goes to Kyler Gordon. I think that Kyler Gordon, we saw in the game he played in Seattle, which was his first one he was able to play in the preseason, and he was everywhere. Yeah. At one point, chasing Geno Smith out of bounds, and we were looking up his number, like, who is this? Oh, it was a corner. Um, but I think it's important because Jalen Johnson was honestly the only good piece we had in our secondary last season yeah I think our secondary is going to be greatly improved because some of these guys do have to prove themselves. obviously it's a lot of young guys and it's Eddie redeeming himself but I think that with being able to help Jalen Johnson Jalen Johnson was obviously on all the number one ride receivers last year and he held him down but there was only a certain amount of time once it got to kind of like the third fourth quarter he wasn't able to do a whole lot because they'd change schemes they'd move guys around they'd mix things up and then at that point we never we didn't have any other guy to cover the other receivers tight ends whatever this year I think it'll be different I think we do have a solid group of guys and that's including Kyler Gordon that can really create some chaos out in the secondary, prevent those long, deep passes that we saw a ton last year where it was just sailing over everybody's head for a touchdown for like 40 yards, and you're like, how do, how do you even let that happen? I don't see that happening a lot this season. Yeah, I I do have um, – I don't think worry is the right word. I am very interested to see how Kyler's going to look in this first couple of weeks because I remember when the Bears first drafted Jalen Johnson and they had Kyle Fuller across him, who's mm-hmm. just a stud corner, at yeah. least it was at the time. And Jalen got attacked a lot that year. They threw the ball at him a lot. And yeah. he was able to, you know, have the opportunity to prove himself. But, mm. like, in that same time, he also had some pretty big mistakes, you know, yeah. where he messed up and things got, went wrong. And it'll be interesting to see how Kyle Gordon, Kyler, Kyler, mm-hmm. not Kyle, Kyler, mm-hmm. how he handles that, you know? Because, like, I'd be surprised if they're not going at him a lot. Yeah. Because especially considering Jalen Johnson's on the other side of the ball. Yeah. And they... Uh, you don't hear Jalen's name a whole lot when it comes to like nationally and big, but there was definitely d- moments of last season where 
people were talking about them and they were saying this guy's good like oh, yeah. he has he, the potential to be one of the better corners in the league the problem was the bears were just so bad and we're allowing touchdowns like crazy and we're not winning games so it's hard to say this corner's so good when you're losing you know yeah and i think we t- i mean we talked about it a little bit earlier in our uh, previous episodes but like jalen johnson i feel like established himself as a good corner last year this season he could be an elite one you yeah. know really move up to that next tier of guys like jalen ramsey and all those other players so. yeah and one of the things i i was reading about when it comes to kyler is where he plays best and they were saying he he plays the most in as that slot corner type of guy and he plays the best as that slot corner type of guy but they're testing him to be that outside across from Jalen type of corner um the one thing that that Eberflus does like is the sub package extra corner type of defenses so in those cases we'd see Lamar Jackson and Kendall across from Jalen which we don't love but gotta do what you reading about it they did it a lot during the preseason, and it didn't seem to hurt them um, because they had Kyler up in that slot position covering those receivers. But obviously that would depend game to game who they're facing because some of some of the teams don't have a true slot receiver that they use 100% as their number two. You know, some of them have true number two wide receivers. When you look at, I'm thinking maybe Bengals, T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase, um, we don't face them. I don't think. Do I don't we? think so, no. no. So we wouldn't worry about that. That's the one that I can think of off the top of my head. Like, for example, in Jacksonville, they don't have a number one wide receiver. They they truly, like, I think Christian Kirk's a slot guy. I think Marvin Jones is a deep field end zone type of guy. He's not a number one to me. And then Zay Jones has never really proved himself. So when you look at teams like even Jacksonville, people are criticizing the Bears offense. But I don't think the Jags even have a number one at all. Yeah. Um. I think that Christian Kirk on any other team would be a two. Right? I mean, he probably is a two on most teams. Yeah. And like a lot of people were very upset, you know, with this contract that kind of reset the market for a lot of people. So yeah. it'll be very interesting to see how that works out. And honestly, I do think that like kind of going on secondary that like this could be a good chance, I think, for the Bears secondary to build some early confidence because Trey Lance is someone that I do think has the tools to be a very good quarterback at mm-hmm. some point. I don't think he's there right now. I think Trey Lance is the kind of guy where it's like, he's going to have one 60-yard touchdown in the game that you're mm-hmm. just like, oh, my God, like yeah. this guy's a stud. And, and that's then, what he did last yeah. season. And then yeah. the rest of the game, it's going to be pretty okay at best. Yeah. You know? And like he's going to make mistakes. And like a lot of people have sold this, like, Trey Lance, watch out. This is the breakout year, yada, yada, yada. It's just like— It's not that easy. He didn't, for, Yeah, he didn't play that well when he played last year, and he didn't play that much. So like I don't know how you're expecting— like, Not to mention they kept Jimmy G around, which yeah. is— They did that for a reason, which supposedly he also didn't love. So. Yeah. Well, and I think that when you look at— the last year, all we heard, the most NFL-ready quarterback is Trevor Lawrence. The most NFL-ready quarterback is Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence did not play well last year. So the guy that you're telling me is the generational talent, the most ready for the NFL, struggled. And the NFL, granted, there was a lot of situations around him. But I just don't believe that Trey Lance is going to come in here. And he had a year to sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo, and he played a little bit. I'm trying to look at the official numbers of what he did because I think he had – like five touchdowns during his time there, uh, during the his starts or the times he played. Um, yeah, so he had 57 completion percentage, 600 yards, five touchdowns, two interceptions. So I, I it's not bad, but yeah. it's also a very s- small sample pool. 57 completion percentage is not what you want to see out of not a quarterback. That's not going to win you games normally. Maybe in like um, a 1960. <laughs> it does help that he does have weapons. Yeah. It does help that you have plenty of guys that you're able to throw to and you're, and Shanahan's a genius when it comes to play calling. So that definitely is going to help Trey Lance. Um, but I agree. I think it's going to take a little while for him to get there. I think the Bears are honestly kind of lucky playing week one San Francisco because Trey Lance isn't going to be Trey Lance in week eight, nine might be a completely different Trey Lance than what we're seeing week one. Yeah. Um, because we saw that last year with Justin Fields, the progression of how he was that when he got thrown in, actually his first game, he actually played pretty decent. It was that next game against the Browns. That was just terrible. Granted, the line was bad, but Every single game Justin played, you were seeing th- him doing things better. Yeah, I and agree. I think we'll see that from Trey Lance. So that uh, that's our three for each. But we have a couple honorable mentions. One of them being Darnell Mooney, which we mentioned many times during this already because you can't not mention Darnell Mooney. Darnell Mooney is our number one wide receiver, and I think that him and Justin have now been able to form their connection. Last season, they didn't. They didn't get to as much because I think that Justin wasn't practicing with. 
Darnell as much um, as he has now with this offseason because Nagy was handling things terribly. But I think that there's been a little bit more connection to be drawn out there. And I think that Darnell knows now the number one spot is his and he's out to prove something. Yeah, I think Darnell is someone that's really excited me pretty much since he but since he got to the Bears, like mm-hmm. coming into the NFL, I didn't know who the hell he was. You know, yeah. and like pretty much immediately he was making an impact and he's been very solid since the beginning. And I think he's a guy that Justin has formed probably the best relationship with on this offense. You know, obviously he's probably like one of the few guys that Justin has been with since like day one, you know, that's still here really. But I still think they have got a really good relationship and that transit that translates onto the field. Uh, something I wanted to mention earlier when we were kind of talking about Darnell is mm-hmm. he isn't that big guy that's going to go up and get the ball. But I feel like he is still, he doesn't go up there and get the ball, but he knows when to jump. Yeah. And knowing when to jump is so important, important. because yeah. if the corner is bigger than you, if he jumps too soon and you jump at the right time, you're going to mm-hmm. be on top of him when the ball comes, you know? Yeah. And like having that mental ability to know when you're supposed to do that is a really important skill. It, it, for sure. And I mean, when you look at, and we're talking about Darnell Mooney specifically, but last year, when you look at the size of our receivers last year compared to this year, Darnell Mooney, I think was our second tallest wide receiver last Crazy. year. <laughs> and this year he's the second shortest i think yeah um so that's a big change right there because they did go get some guys that had height and speed which doesn't always transfer into being a good football player but sometimes it does and sometimes it works out but for mooney i think even in the worst of years like last year where the offense was a hot mess and the red zone was almost non-existent the offensive line was non-existent and we had three quarterbacks coming in at different times because no one wanted to decide on that he had 1055 yards um he only had four touchdowns that's what we need an improvement at. And that, I think, as a team and Luke Getzey, that, that Luke Getzey alone, I think, is going to improve that number. Um, I think that Nagy's play calling last year was atrocious. And um, we saw that with Allen Robinson only having 400 yards. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just. Do you I, think, think Darnell is going to get double digit touchdowns? I think so. Yeah. I, I want to say that I would expect Mooney, yes. I would yeah. expect him to hit. 11-12. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a reasonable expectation to have with him, especially considering, like, you know, the offense is supposed to be better. So, yeah. like, that would mean that things have gotten better. So. Yes. Uh, all right, the next one, I think I'm grouping two guys in together now because I think that we've I've already mentioned one, but more importantly, oh, and by the way, when we're listing these guys, by the way, it's all young guys. If you're yeah. not hearing us say, like, Robert Quinn, that's because— Robert Quinn's not young? <laughs> yeah, he's not exactly young. Um, so I just wanted to make sure, because I don't think I even said that in the beginning. The re- this is all our young guys that we're expecting to make an impact. So that's why I'm throwing these two guys in there, Larry Borum and Tevin Jenkins. Yeah. Um, the right side of the line during the preseason has looked the worst, and I, the, at least for the first two games. And I think that Michael Schofield was getting worked, granted by a very good football player, but he got cut. He's mm-hmm. not here anymore. Tevin had drama. Tevin got moved to right guard. Larry Borum now is at that right tackle spot. So you have three guys in their second, first or second year in front of Justin and Sam Mustafer until Lucas Patrick comes back, who's in his third year. So four of your starting five offensive linemen are on three years or under. And I think that is just something to reiterate, that it's not probably going to be pretty or perfect, but I do think that these guys have potential to be able to Give Justin some time. And I don't think that they would be starting on the offensive line if Luke Getze and Eberflus didn't think they had the ability to do that. Yeah, I do think it's a good chance. You know, like, it is it is a good test for a lot of these young guys. And, like, not only do they have the chance to kind of grow as individual players, but, like, grow as a unit together. Because, like, as you said, like, these guys are all really young. They're all under contract. So, like, they're going to be here, assuming they don't get cut. Yeah. And I think it'll be a really good chance for them to, you know, kind of build chemistry and, like, figure out, like, what you're supposed to do in the NFL. And mm-hmm. I don't know, like, Tevin in particular, like, there's been so much drama and all of this. But, like, at the end of the day, like, he was a guy that was viewed as a first-round pick by a lot of people, ended up falling to the second for injury concerns. And, like, he's got a lot of talent. And, like, I just want to see football. I yeah. don't want to see everything else, which just seems like it's been a thing with Tevin Jenkins. I just want to see football. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. I am too. And I, I think that, like we said, we mentioned earlier about Braxton and, like, that blind side and the left tackle. But it it's almost, it's almost evening out how important that right side is now because guys have edge rushers everywhere. And you see guys coming at the quarterback from all sides. And the defenses now are just so articulate. And I had a long conversation with Dave Campo the other day. And Dave Campo obviously was a head coach for the Dallas Cowboys. And during that season, Dallas Cow- that was like Dallas Cowboys football era, like fo- Super Bowl era, I mean. Mm-hmm. Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Defenses, ev- offense, everything. Um, and he is... Very optimistic 
about the offensive line, and he looks at it from a defensive perspective. And yeah. he's one of the ones that I talked about, and I sat down and I talked to him, and I said, hey, what do you think about some of these guys? It's young guys, but from the games that you have seen and what you know about these guys, and he was very quick to say this could be a good offensive line and surprise people. Yeah, I think something else to look at, kind of talking about the importance of where the people are on the offensive line, is when you have a quarterback like Justin, like he is not, you know, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, where he's going to sit there and just get sacked if mm-hmm. pressure comes. Like, if pressure comes, he's going to move around. Yeah. And so, like, obviously, like, it makes all parts of the line very important. I mean, obviously, like, the left tackle is yeah. still very important, the blind side and all that stuff. But, like, if Justin's, like, you know, darting around and not just standing in the pocket, like, the offensive line's got to be able to move with him and, like, you know, pay attention to that kind of stuff and, you know, really kind of um, make sure that he's not getting hit. Yeah. And that's one of the fun things about Justin, though, is when you think he's down, he's probably not. Yeah. Um, and we saw it a lot last season. And I, I don't want that full-on panic scramble that we saw sometimes last year, but I like him. I like having a fast quarterback and a quarterback being able to use his legs. And I think that... We didn't see a whole lot of it in the preseason, but I think that was intentional. Uh, I saw Darnell Mooney actually make a comment saying, like, he can't wait to get into this regular season game because the offense was so vanilla in preseason. So, to me, that's telling me that we didn't see what this offense could really look like. They were very keeping it basic, not trying to avoid injuries because they already had a lot of injuries. We had to kill Harry and Byron Pringle and Valus and Jaquan Brisker and Lucas Patrick, so many injuries. And so, I think that they were really trying to avoid those, and in doing that, it— it turned into maybe a like tamed version, mm-hmm. but if a tamed, I, I'm not trying to get too excited right now. If a tamed version is what we saw in week three, where they were driving the ball and scoring points, and imagine that taking a step forward. Yeah, I mean it's exciting, and like yeah. at the end of the day, like Luke gets comes from a place where like they knew how to score points, mm-hmm. and like maybe the Packers aren't going to be as good at scoring points this year. But hey, Luke Getz, he's not there, so yeah. like that's not his fault. And I don't know. I think that. I'm excited, and like I think the thing I'm more excited about is we're going to get Taylor Dahl's personal yes. and live scouting report from Soldier Field. I'm so excited. I fly out tomorrow at like 2.45, and I'll be landing in Chicago at 4.45. I cannot wait. Um, but I'm also a little nervous because there's probably going to be a, a crap ton of of San Francisco fans. They travel well. Yes, they travel well. It's also the Cubs play the San Francisco Giants that weekend, <laughs> too. So it's just like a mega San Fran. The invasion of San Fran. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, I, I was debating making a sign, though, saying thank you for beating the Packers in the postseason every year because they at least do that for us. Yes. Yeah. Um, that was something I didn't like about the 49ers back then. It's yeah. just like. The one thing you count on the Packers is like they're going to kick the crap out of the Bears all year, but they yeah. go to the playoffs and they're going to choke. Yeah, and I'm okay with it's going to happen. Yeah, um, it's really wild to think about that. It's been over ten years since the Packers have been to the Super Bowl. I'm okay with it. Just I'm, make an, it's great. Another ten, another twenty. Why, <laughs> yeah, I don't we don't care. need to see it ever again. Actually, in my lifetime. Yeah. But um, so that's our main thing. We wanted to focus on these young guys and say who we're excited about this weekend and who we expect to make an impact. But I don't think we could end it without at least doing a few little nuggets of what we think to expect this weekend which we said some of it as we were naming certain players, but um, just a few of the statistics that I saw from last season that I want to get your thoughts on of how that could transfer for this game this weekend. So the Niners allowed the six fewest passing yards last season, but the Niners were on the bottom half of passing touchdowns allowed last season. So it's kind of wild to look at because you weren't they, people weren't throwing – all over them, but as you mentioned, their secondary is not that great. So those they weren't throwing a ton of yards, but when they got close, they were scoring. And the Bears struggled in the red zone quite mm-hmm. a bit. So like that could be a thing they could really take advantage of. And yeah. like we don't have Jimmy Graham anymore. And like I know a lot of Bears fans didn't love Jimmy Graham. He was a lot better than initially I think I thought he was gonna yeah. be. But like he was a great he was great at running five yards and turning around. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of our answer for the red zone for pretty much the last yeah. two years. So not having him, it's we're gonna have to do something different. And I'm okay yeah. with that. Yeah, agreed. Because I just want to see multiple people throw touchdowns. I I'm tired of saying like, okay, well, Jamie Graham had one and David Montgomery ran for one. Like I want games where we're like Man, Cole Komet had a touchdown. Darnell Mooney had a touchdown. And David ran for a touchdown. And Justin rushed for a touchdown. You know, like, I want to see multiple people in that end zone because it just it throws off your de- the opposing defense so much more. Yeah. Um, another one I saw, so the Niners, the fourth highest, they allowed the fourth highest completion percentage. So to me, when I was looking at some of these numbers, 
it it really seems like they kind of struggled when it came to certain points against a passing defense, which we talked about. That has a lot has a lot to do with that secondary. Where they come in, where they're scary, is that front, that defensive front, and they allowed the seventh fewest rushing yards, but top half rushing touchdowns. Yeah, I mean they're they are a weird defense, you know, like they're good, mm. but like all at the same time, like you can find holes in it. So yeah. it'll be very interesting to see the Bears can actually take advantage of that. Yeah, and just a few for the Bears um, from last season. So the Bears were the third had the third fewest uh, passing yards, which I honestly did not realize that. Did you realize that in terms of the defense? Yeah, saying oh, that is a little bit surprising, honestly. Yeah. Um, but allowed the seventh most touchdowns. Not what you want. <laughs> Now what you want. I was reading it. I was like, oh. we So they they just ran the ball to the red zone, and then they threw it in. Pretty much. Yeah. And that's what I remember, honestly. I remember just being like, they would take so much of the clock. It'd be like five, six, seven-minute drives because they're running the ball. And I'm like, okay, well, if we we get the ball back with two minutes, we'd be able to win. But we don't because they'd run the ball and eat up all the clock and then score a touchdown. Yeah. Um, So both teams, I mentioned this earlier, were right around each other. I think like fourth and fifth for fewest interceptions, nine and eight. So the Bears could definitely, if they can come away with a couple turnovers, whether that be a fumble recovery, an interception, whatever, um, muffed punt, we'll take those, uh, that could really skew towards the Bears' side of helping them win this football game. Yeah. Uh, uh, The Bears' top 10 uh, rushing yards allowed last season, which I feel like we knew that because I I feel like the entire year we just said they would just rush all the way down the field. Especially with the Niners, that is a little bit concerning. Yeah. Um, But they allowed fewer touchdowns than San Francisco, rushing touchdowns than San Francisco last season. So to me, I think when we look at the Bears' defense now, obviously you lost Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks. That's that's two big, important pieces that were on that line. But they both missed more than half the season last year. Yeah. So when you look at these numbers, this is not numbers that – Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks had a huge part in, honestly. It was Robert Quinn. It was Roquan Smith, who are still here. And then now we've at Travis Gibson. We saw a lot of towards the end of the season. And now you have that times two with Muhammad. This could honestly be a good front. And we mentioned when we were talking to Aaron Lemming, he was confident in the defensive line. He was more, was it the line? No, he was questioned about the line and was confident in the linebackers, yeah. right? No, and then I, you're confident. Is that it? I think so, yeah. I think yeah, because you yeah. have questions with the linebackers, but you're confident in the line. Yeah. I think I'm more confident in the defensive line, honestly. Yeah. Um, especially with Eberflus and the way Eberflus schemes his defenses. Um, the Colts' defense, which obviously is where Flus was last year, really good when it came against the run. Not very good when it, came against, when it was against the pass. But I think that combining those two things, so the Bears really struggled against the rushing defense last year. Ibafus can help that. Bears were better against the pass, but they even approved their secondary even more now. Yeah, and I do think we talked about this in a previous episode, but like I feel like when Luke Getzey got here, not Luke Getzey, rather, um, Ibafus, mm-hmm. when they got here, I feel like it was a very conscious effort by him and Ryan Poles to be like, hey, I had a hard time with this in, in Indianapolis. Let's address this early. And they yeah. did. And so I think that... This this secondary is going to be a very good uh, judgment, whatever you want to call it, whatever the correct term is, a judge a judger. Mm-hmm. I can't think of the word yeah. used of Ryan Poles. Yeah. You know, in terms of what he's going to be like as a GM, because yeah. this is the first thing he's really put his mark on. So I'm mm-hmm. really excited to see what's going to happen. I do too, and I think when you look at the Bears team as a whole, they were bad last year. They had a oh six almost sixty percent turn a turnover. To me, that means it's positive because there was a lot of guys on that football team last year that were not helping you win, and that's the bottom line. And people want to be like, oh, they got rid of Allen Robinson. He had four hundred yards last season. He didn't benefit. He didn't benefit the Bears whatsoever last season. So losing. I really do wish they traded him last year. I don't get why we didn't do yeah, that. Yeah, like, I know. Yeah, I know. So get dumb. something out of him. Yeah. But and then Cleo Mack and Nakeem Hicks, like I said, they both missed more than half the season, so they weren't huge contributors. Contributors. So they got rid of guys that were just not doing things for the Bears last season and then they were doing they got rid of guys who were just not good football players and they brought in guys that Ryan Poles and Luke Getze truly believe and Eberflus truly believe are playmakers and they addressed all the positions that needed the most help strong safety corner offensive line maybe they didn't have a lot of money so they didn't go get these star-studded names but they addressed everything that they needed to address wide receiver people aren't happy with maybe the choices that they did but these guys they had nothing you they also can't fix a terrible everything football team in one, and one off season yeah. with no money and yeah. barely any draft picks like what do you expect are they going to do like just snap their fingers and they're going to have an elite receiver and already an offensive line like you have to do things to get these people so yeah. like 
you got to give them some time. Yes, and I think that the bottom line is they did address the positions that needed the biggest help, and they believe that these people will take a step up. I do not see this wrong. There's no way it's going to be worse than last year. If it is, it's very bad, but I just don't see it happening. I think that certain position groups will be improved. I do think Justin Fields is going to take a, a step up. I do think Cole Komet's going to take another step up. Um, I do think Roquan is going to play a contract year. I think David Montgomery is going to play a contract year, and all of those things help the Bears be a better football team than last year. Hey, if all those things happen, I'm happy. Yes. Um, all right, quick preview. What are you expecting uh, score-wise, or just, you could say, WL, uh, I mean, I don't, whatever? I don't really know about a, a score prediction, but I mean, the real thing, I mean, if I'm being honest, I don't think the Bears are going to win. Mm-hmm. I think the 49ers are a better team. Yeah. But all that being said, I do think the 49ers, at least when it comes to offense, could struggle a little bit this year. Mm-hmm. And that could give the Bears an, an opportunity to, you know, maybe take advantage of that. And, like, you know, if they can ha- have an explosive offense right away, who knows? Yeah. But at the end of the day, I want things to be competitive. I want to see good signs from Justin. I want to see good signs from the offensive line. But at the end of the day, like, it doesn't really matter to me too much if you win this game. Because, yeah. like, don't get me wrong. I want to win games. But, like, I also would like a number one wide receiver. And yeah. Like, this draft's got some number one wide receivers that could go pretty high. So, yeah. like, you got to have a good draft pick to get that. Yeah. I Yeah, I think... I think it may be closer than people think it's going to be. And um, this, I think some of that depends on the news I heard today with George Kittle. If George Kittle doesn't play, I truly think the Bears have a chance to make this a game um, because that limits their offensive ability in addition to Trey Lance being thrown out into his first real starting game in the NFL. Um, But the the offense, the Bears' offense, have a true test. This is not an easy defense, and we talk as much as we say like the secondary is not great. They're not bad. Like yeah. they're still ranked top three highest defenses in the league right now at this point, and we have a very young offensive line that's going against some veteran guys that are good. And uh, granted, they are missing even their secondary missing Ward, so that hurts a secondary that's not even great, anyways. But that defensive front is hard, and it's going to be a test. And it, I think that if Justin Fields, if that line is able to give him any sort of clean pocket, give him some time to throw, Justin can use his feet a little bit, and he really clicks with whether that be Equinemius or Pringle. We don't know what's going to happen with Pringle. Um, I do think it can be a close game, but it's going to highly def- depend on what Justin does. Yeah, something, something honestly that I just thought of, which we almost, I don't even think we saw any of last year. I want to see one completion for over 40 yards. Yeah. Just one. Yeah. And, like, it doesn't even have to be a touchdown. Right? Yeah. Just one, like, just watching the ball leave Justin's hand, watch it sail through like, the air. Oh, it's yes. like, oh, my. Like, it's like when you watch and a three-pointer And not go basketball. to the wrong way. Exactly. Like, I just remember there was times when Jay Cutler would do that, and it would be, like, sailing, and you're like, who is it going to, though? Is yeah. it going to it's going a corner? Just don't know where. going to? Yeah. And I remember it'd be so scared. I'd be holding my breath. Like, And normally there'd be three corners and one receiver. So. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, and another thing that actually I don't even think I mentioned on the podcast. If I did, it would have been an episode episode or two ago. But and we talked about Lugetti. But this uh, preseason, how much they actually were throwing the ball with Justin. And one of the stats I saw was last year, not one time on the opening drive did Justin throw the ball more than one time, and he threw it seven times in Seattle on the opening drive. Love it. Yes. So I want that's to see what the I want to see. Air. I want to see the ball in the air. I want to see it going to wide receivers or tight end Cole Kmet. Um, and I want to see David Montgomery have like 200 yards and a couple touchdowns. I don't want to see that. You don't? No, I'm kidding. Of course I oh. want to see that. I was like, what? <laughs> of course um, I want to see I mean, that. I mean, I guess if you're, I mean, yeah, 200, 200. We'll no, take hey, that. I got on my fantasy team, so even better for me. Yeah, that works. All right. Well, this is our last episode before we are watching Bears before versus football. 49ers. Um, next week, we are kind of working on the schedule, but ideally, we'll, we're going to start putting our podcast out on Saturday morning because we're going to really hone in on a particular Hot. player, Hot. and we'll decide Hot. that off of who performs well or bad during the game, hopefully but hopefully well um so yeah we'll talk to you guys next week this is making monsters for wendy city gridiron taylor doll that's dylan ryan